Boy, it's you know when you when you miss a week and you go back to podcasting and it's like, oh, this is what talking into a microphone feels like. <laughs> I haven't done this in a in a bit. How what words do I say? Podcasting? Wait, I have to make noises with my mouth. Do you do uh do you do like vocal warm ups ever? No. You know where you where you do like the 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 like I can't do it with my lips thing, uh, and you do the me, should me, I be me, me, I, 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 I. should I be singing scales murder murder the most melons the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain toy boat toy boat toy boat what Yugi voice training could we do just yelling it's time to duel in various <laughs> octaves. You it's activated my trap card. It's time to duel. It's time to duel. Just do all the voices of the characters. It's Ooh. time to duel. Okay, how many how many uh, character voices can you say it's time to duel in? It's time to duel. Okay, it's Mokuba. time to duel. That's Kaiba. It's time to duel. It's Yami. Uh, let's see, what does regular Yugi sound like? Oh, like Japanese Yami Yugi. It's time to duel. That, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Japanese Yami, check. Um, <laughs> it's time to duel. Is that Weevil? Yeah, that no, that's Weevil. Weevil. Okay, all right. I'm trying to remember what Bones sounds like. I mean, that's he five so far. Like Weevil. Yeah. It's time to duel. That was my very <laughs> shitty my <Mai> impression. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you a, I'll give you a half a point for that one. All right. Yeah, it's time to duel. Is that Joey? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tristan just doesn't have an accent. He just sounds like Tristan. Yeah. Um. It's time to duel. That's uh. That was Merrick. Yeah, I was gonna say that's either Merrick or Yami Bakura, but I was leaning Merrick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, both of them are just kind of they have the same sort of like maniacal evil spirit sort of voice. That true. So it's kind of hard to tr- imitate either of them. True. Okay. I think that's it. I can't do many more. Can you do a Pegasus? Mm, Yugi boy, it's time to do. Okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to think of other other characters that we have. Uh, it's time to duel. Who's that? That's like every generic uh, Pegasus or Kaiba underling who gives (laughs) announcements. Okay. Well, hey, that's 10 voices. Any rando who has weird hair and just exists to make announcements. (laughs) They do all have like a weird spike thing going on, don't they? Yeah. Except that one guy who has a middle part for no apparent reason. Oh, Croquet. Oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking of Croquet, but yeah, him too. Maybe there's just like two regulation Pegasus haircuts you can get. <laughs> the two officially sanctioned industrial illusions haircuts. There it is. The old the old double eye cut. <laughs> All right, you want to make a podcast? Let's make a podcast.
It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 36, Rage of the Egyptian Gods. Damn, that's a good title. Damn, that's a good title. This is For the once, one it's an time, actual title. This is the one time that I like the translated title better than the Japanese title. The, 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 the Japanese title is Hidden Power, The Purpose of the God Cards. That just sounds like someone's boring essay that they're turning in for their Egyptology class. In this essay, I will explain the purpose of the Egyptian god cards and their hidden power. Their role in society and how they came to be at the forefront of Egyptology today. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines power as... Uh, Jimmy, before we talk about this episode, you uh, and I both actually have some stuff in our pre-show notes. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. What What are you uh, What are you playing lately in our new um, indoor life? In my new indoor life, I have borrowed Link's Awakening, um, and it is absolutely adorable. Now, is this This is not the original Link's Awakening. You're talking about no. The this Switch is the remake. Switch version. Um, where everything is done in to look like little tiny toys, like little plastic models. Yeah, it's so cute. It's got like a uh, like a tilt shift vibe. Yeah, it's not real tilt shift. It's just like a blur on the edges. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like actually have a depth of field sort of like actual effect. Oh, okay, okay. It's just a blur on the edges, which I think is kind of unfortunate because it's a little noticeable. But um, it's really cute. It's very fun. Hmm. If you need a nice, quick Zelda game, I think I'm most of the way through, or at least half of the way through, mm-hmm. um, trying to finish it as fast as I can before uh, Animal Crossing comes out. Yeah! Oh, I think we're I... all waiting for Animal Crossing. Holy shit, man. I've like... never played an Animal Crossing before, but given the current circumstances, um, everyone in the world is holding their breath waiting for Animal Crossing to drop. I am so fucking excited for everyone to finally get into Animal Crossing because, like, I have been a fan of Animal Crossing since the GameCube, and holy shit. It, like, if there was ever a time that the world needed Animal Crossing, it was right now. Um, but I'm very excited. Do you know... Uh, okay, I have two questions. Did you know, first, that there is also the original Link's Awakening available on the uh, Nintendo online store uh, Super NES uh, oh. marketplace thing, the thing that you get for free yeah. along with Nintendo I online. I did not know that. I just discovered it last week, so I'm playing original Link's Awakening. Oh, really? How is that? Uh, I mean, it's the same as it's always been. It's great. <laughs> I, I've always loved that game. Uh, it's not as cute as the new Link's Awakening. No. I did think about picking it up just to look at it um but it scratches that zelda itch which is nice yeah uh i've never played it before so oh well there you go so now after you beat this one you can keep going back to the original it's such a weird sort of little game it is and it 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 is that way in the original as well like there's stuff that they just never explain uh there's like you know like chain chomps and other weird like a third of the enemies are like goombas or like the spinies Mm -hmm. just like random mario creatures there's a and what the hell is up with this island all the dialogue talking to the villagers is just kind of unsettling yeah well and like and there's like a telephone that you answer at one point 
in this like fantasy island it's just like a like a rotary dial telephone yeah yeah there's just like one old man sitting alone in his house and he has all these like phone booths all around the island and so you can call up and talk to him but if you like go into his house to talk to him he's like why why are you here oh i'm scared i don't want to talk to you <laughs> he is me talk to me over the phone that's me <laughs> Uh, my second question for you was, do you know what you're going to name your island in Animal Crossing? No, I don't. I need to think about that. Okay, me too. And I, I realized that uh, because Lauren and I are going to be playing it on the same Switch, we're going to be sharing an island because you have one oh, island for the console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the cool thing. I mean, I think it's cool. It used to be that you would have, like on the 3DS version, you would have one island per player. And now it is an island for the console. And I, if I remember correctly, I think that's the way that it was on the GameCube. Mm. Uh, but now I have to <laughs> to consult with Lauren before naming the island. So I can't just name it like <laughs> Bullshit Isle. The council must convene. <laughs> Man, that's uh, that'll be vote. interesting uh, when it comes out for all the families that have like multiple kids trying to share the island and they have different ideas oh, for how it should be run. That's going to yeah. be a mess. Yeah, it is. I, from what I've seen, like they handle multiplayer really well in the new game, but I mean, okay, any kid that's going to argue about like how the island should be run is not going to be able to hold on to Animal Crossing for that long. Like they'll play it for <laughs> a couple of months maybe. They'll see the seasons change. And then that will be it. Yeah. But okay. We'll have to we'll have to think about our uh, our island, island names. Name. I thought about maybe a Yu Gi Oh name, but that was. <laughs> I don't think a Lauren would agree to that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that would fly. Uh, I had a video game on my list. If you want to talk about that, yes, or please you... talk about this game <laughs> that you found and tweeted about. It's something that I tweeted about, but then you put it in my notes. Uh, I, for whatever reason, have had kart racers on the mind recently. Uh, I was reading an article earlier in the week about this guy who made a, a sort of Mario Kart-esque game in JavaScript, uh, and I started picking up Unity again, and they have like a, a kart racing tutorial, and I was like, man, it'd be really cool if there was a Yu-Gi-Oh game for like 5Ds, because uh, that takes place on motorcycles, if there was a Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds game that was a racing game. And I thought... That's such a good idea. Why doesn't that exist? I've never seen this. What the hell? So I started doing some digging, and sure enough, it does actually exist. And apparently nobody knew about it, which is why I tweeted it. Uh, but it was called Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D's Wheelie Breakers. <laughs> which is maybe why no one knew about it. Um, it is, it's basically Mario Kart with mm. Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. This is so ridiculous. It has some really interesting mechanics. I watched some gameplay footage. It was out for the Wii in uh, 2009 is when it came out. Uh, I think there might be some ways to play it on emulators now. I don't have a Wii. Do you have a Wii? I do. This may be something that, that I will try and track down for you. See if I can ship you a copy to try and play it. Uh, Next time I go to the Retro Gaming Expo, I'll yeah. have to put it on the list to look for it. It looks not great, but oh, I'm sure not. interesting. And it's interesting because you have to drive well enough to get 
I forget what they call them, like drive points or something, um, which is the same in the, in the show. You have to like get up to a certain speed in order to play monsters or in order to have your monsters attack. And then you can really? summon the monster. And then once you have you're to go the 88 right, miles an hour to play Slifer the Sky Dragon. Basically. Yeah. 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 And then uh, that's when you actually. Sorry, you have to dueling. get to 88 miles an hour to play Time Wizard. <laughs> right. Right. Naturally. Uh, but once you're at the uh, official dueling speed, you can have your monster attack and, and whatever. Um, so the game, and I'm, I, okay, I have watched one episode of 5Ds and it was underwhelming, but I love racing and I love card games, so I really want to get into this. Uh, you would you would give it a one or two out of 5Ds. Th- yes. That's your rating. The, yes. Uh, it's, it's very interesting because you have to drive well enough to get up to a certain speed, then play your card and you can like shuffle through your hand with, it looks like a shoulder button or something, uh, play the monster. And then essentially the monster works as like a gun that you fire. And so you're like shooting uh. it either in front of you or you spin your entire motorcycle around, you're driving backwards like you're in a fucking James Bond movie, and then you fire behind you. But the So the monsters are like green shells or something. Kind of, yeah. And the bullets have to actually physically hit the other racer. So the videos that I watched, there was one that was just a one-on-one duel, but it was these two dudes on motorcycles like kind of shooting past each other. And you can still you can win with both people at full health is the thing because the Hmm. goal is still just to win the race so by reducing the other person to zero life points they just spin out so they can't win huh but it looked really really interesting i mean there is it felt i don't know it felt like they maybe slowed it down a little bit because the other thing you have to keep in mind is you have to read card text while you're driving (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. And it's like scrolling Don't across do the bottom. Um, but the art style is interesting. It's all like cel-shaded art. Yeah, very distracted driving. Um, and it, it looks, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. Like I really feel like we need more uh, collectible card game, kart racing video games like i think this could be a really interesting genre of it's a very specific request but okay yeah but but like what's the problem the one problem with cart racers is that past a certain point every cart is the same everyone gets the same items like how cool would it be if you had like i don't know light roguelike mechanics and you go through a campaign defeating other racers and getting their cards and the cards that you play change the way that the race goes and then, that does sound cool. Actually. And then you could throw in like a little bit of multiplayer there for fun. I think that would be really cool because then you have like a very personalized cart experience. Uh, that's probably how Gran Turismo works. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Wheelie breakers. Uh, I'm scrolling down the wiki page for this. And there is another game similar to this, I think, called Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D's World Championship 2009 Stardust Accelerator. Ah. For Nintendo DS, you can connect to Wheelie Breakers, no, okay. which will give you 10 DP and unlocks Dark Resonator. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry, what's it called again, that game? <clears throat> 
Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds World Championship 2009, colon, Stardust Accelerator. Stardust Accelerator, that's what I... Yes, so I looked into that game. It is not a racing game. It is the card game part of the 5D storyline. So you play ah. through 5Ds, basically, but you're primarily focusing on dueling. All uh, 5Ds. All, all five of them. Uh, and uh, you can... Yeah, I guess you can connect the two... Uh, and I I think there was something else that it gave you. Like, you could play something else on Stardust Accelerator. It gave you, like, an extra bonus game or something. Um, but they were playing around with that connection mechanic, which I always enjoyed about Nintendo yeah. products. But not enough games took advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, last thing on my list before we talk about the episode is we got a an email that brightened my week and i texted you, you texted about it Jenny. about this and i i feel like i want to i want to sort of impart this joy uh to our listeners as well uh listener david m wrote in and the email is titled how the world has changed uh and david m says hey tyler hey jimmy First of all, just want to say how much I love the podcast. You guys are funny as hell, and I love how badly you rip on it's such a horrible show that we all love. You guys keep me entertained while I'm busting ass at work, and sometimes I'll listen to you guys all day and never get bored. So keep up the good work, boys. Oh, that's so kind. That's Thank so you. kind. That being said, I have a pretty interesting story about my Yu-Gi-Oh! life that I hope will make you laugh like I did. So... When Yu-Gi-Oh! came out when I was a kid, I loved it, not realizing how ridiculous it was at the time like I do now. But when I was 14 or so, I got really big into the card game, spent all my money on booster packs, and dueled my friends every lunch break. One day, I stopped playing and tucked all my cards away, until just recently. My cousin has a podcast about magic cards called the Not Safe for Magic podcast. There's a little plug for you, Not Safe for Magic, go look it up. Uh, it's hilarious, but as much as I like listening to it, I have no idea what they're talking about half the time. So I figured I'd find another podcast to listen to about a card game I do know, and that was how I found yours. Hey. That's the good <laughs> thing about our podcast. We don't know what we're talking about either. <laughs> we talk about the card game so much, and we do not understand it. Um, listening to you got me back into watching the show, and that got me back into the card game. I can't play in tournaments anymore because the game has gotten so complicated, and I can't follow it. So I went through all my cards, kept about 100, and then I traded the rest of them in at my local game shop. I got $45 for a little over 1,300 cards. But right after that, right after I did that, my girlfriend started going off about how she wanted to build a deck and duel me. Of course, right after I get rid of all my cards, she wants to start. So back to the shop we went, and I ended up paying around $100 on her to build a Dark Magician deck that would make Yugi cream in his tight little pants. <laughs> but, well, you know, you... At least you got that 45 first. Uh, but while I was there, something really funny happened to me that I wanted to point out to you guys. And this, this I think, is especially relevant for this episode of the podcast, Jimmy. So I'm really glad about David's timing. David says, I found all three Egyptian god cards. Holy shit. You know, the ones that only 15 years ago, the fate of the whole world depended on, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I found them all in the middle of some middle of nowhere game shop and I walked out with them and it didn't even cost me $10. So all I could think of is how much work Yugi had to go through and how much drama happened over these cards. And now I have them in my deck and I got them for next to nothing. 15 year old me would have been so jealous. That's so I guess amazing. I just wanted to say thank you. If it wasn't for you guys, this childish dream of mine would never have come true. That's from David. 
Well, congratulations, David, on becoming so powerful you can destroy the world <laughs> for $10. David, uh, I think this makes you the king of games. You are now the king of games. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I think you are Yu-Gi-Oh now. Is that how this works? Please report to your nearest pyramid. <laughs> um yeah but you know that's that's what we're all about here at you activated my podcast really just making those childhood dreams come true really making lives better uh yeah david thank you so much for writing in that's awesome thank you for sharing that with us uh i'll plug it now and i'll plug it at the end of the episode as well if you want to write into us just uh, email us at you activated my podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter uh, or Instagram at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. It stands for You Activated My Podcast. Should we talk about the episode now? Let's talk about all three Egyptian god cards. All three special cards? <laughs> all of them. It's time to discuss the episode. As I said earlier, this week we are discussing Season 2, Episode 36, uh, Rage of the Egyptian Gods. Ooh, they mad. Ooh, they mad. Piss them off. Uh, as I said earlier, the uh, the Japanese translated title is Hidden Power, the Purpose of the God Cards. The summary says, Yugi meets Shadi again, who relates the history of the legendary Egyptian God Cards and the terrible power they possess. Afterwards, Shadi uses his Millennium Key to cloak his presence as he checks up on Bakura, while Merrick is revealed to have temporarily retaken control of Taya's mind to take Bakura's Millennium Ring in order to gain a leverage over Yami Bakura. I feel like the second half of that summary happens in the last 30 seconds of the episode. Yeah. Like, you're cutting a lot out of this summary here. But like that's the okay. vast majority is in the first sentence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where do you want to? Where do you want to start? <laughs> I feel like there are a couple uh, places we could start with this episode. We start at official dueling altitude. Ah, uh, yes. When it where it's announced there is a thirty minute intermission between duels. <laughs> the union mandated lunch break. <laughs> everyone, everyone got a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, everyone, uh, take a piss. Good. We're good. <laughs> All right. Next duel. I, now, I do think that that is an important point. We never see Yugi piss. <laughs> this is, this is critical gotta information. Go Boy's got to go sometime. It's just like how we never saw Jack Bauer eat a sandwich. Uh, yeah, so they, they take a break, uh, and they all go below deck, I guess. They all go inside the blimp, and uh, they are in some part of the blimp that I guess is restricted because the first bit of dialogue we get is Mokuba coming in to find Yugi, Joey, Taya, Tristan, uh, Duke, Serenity in like a hallway. And the first thing he says is, hey, you're in a restricted area. (laughs) Yeah, they're all hanging out waiting for the duel to begin. Um, And then Yugi's just there. There's a scene, a brief scene where yugi and joey are talking about how they need to land the blimp so they can get bakura to a hospital and so mokuba yells at them for being in the restricted area of the blimp and yugi is just like hey where's your brother and mokuba no 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 no, 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 no. sorry i have to stop you there he does not just say where is your brother he says as though mokuba is hundreds of feet away mokuba where's your brother 
And Mokabus like literally points to the door right next to him. He's like, he's in this door right here that you should not know about because you're in a restricted area. I'm going to tell you anyway, just don't disturb him behind this door right here. And of course, Joey goes and starts banging on the door like, no, we need to turn this boat around. Yeah, we're having a medical emergency here. I don't give a shit about your uh, <laughs> your restricted area. Uh, for And for any listeners who's... Uh, uh, Wow, I can't construct this sentence. For anyone who might be listening to our podcast for the first time this episode, uh, I have to say the obligatory, I'm sorry. Uh, But also, in the last episode, Bakura was taken over by a malevolent spirit, uh, pulled out of the hospital after being attacked by Merrick, and uh, dueled in a blimp, was attacked by an Egyptian god. Uh, The spirit left him temporarily and then repossessed the body, and then he got hit by uh, all the lightning. Just all of it. Uh, so now he's a, a frail English boy uh, in a hospital bed and needs medical attention badly. Yeah, that whole sentence made me like completely forget like the concept of Yu-Gi-Oh. What the fuck is this show you? <laughs> <laughs> this show is about ancient friendship. spirits. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this show is about friendship. Done over. Uh, no, what I was going to say it's about ancient spirit possessing ancient spirits possessing small boys yeah that's basically it <laughs> imagine pokemon but instead of pokemon you have these children and you the pokemon trainers <laughs> you the pokemon trainers are these thousand year old spirits and then the cards themselves are like the pokemon's pokemon i think you've also just described zatch bell <laughs> which i know we've God, talked about I on the show before zatch but bell. The the similarities are are striking. We do uh, need to do a bonus episode on Zatch Bill. God, we we seriously do. Uh, so uh, Joey pounds on on Kaiba's door. Uh, Kaiba opens up and and like lets them in, and, and they're all talking about how they need to take uh, Bakur to the hospital. And Serenity is trying to make the case of like, hey, he is in serious danger of like lasting harm being done to him if he doesn't get immediate medical attention. And Kaiba says, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Literally Lord Farquaad and Shrek. Some and of you like, may die. <laughs> that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. And he like, loun- he reclines as he's saying that. He's like in a in a lazy boy chair. Yeah, he's just like sitting back like, no, I'm not landing this blimp. He knew the risks when he got onto this dueling blimp. But it's like, his fault he left the hospital. I, right, he does say that, which... True, true. Uh, this whole time, Tristan and Duke are like falling over each other, trying to be the first one to back up Serenity's points that she's making, just like echoing everything that she says, because they both have the hots for her. Uh, and Kaiba, after like a couple minutes of this conversation, stands up, walks to the other side of the room, hits a button on the wall, and says, uh, "Hey, can we get a medical team over to see Bakura?" <laughs> Mokuba goes, oh, good point, big brother. You know, the doctors on this blimp are uh, better than most hospitals. Yeah, the Kaiba blimp has a trained medical team that's better than most doctors. And it's like, really? Now, how many people you got hidden on this blimp? <laughs> right. I, yeah, that's the, the big question in my mind is like, where have these doctors been the whole time that we haven't seen them? Uh, I also... I have a, a sneaking suspicion that this was changed in the translation. 
I'm not seeing anything in the wiki, so maybe I'm wrong, but I definitely feel like that's not something that original Kaiba would have said. Like, he would have walked over to the wall, he would have said, he would have, like, hit the button on the wall, and he would have said, like, uh, can we get an armed guard outside Bakura's room? And that's it. <laughs> that's just jettison Bakura off the side of the ship. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think of anywhere else that I can check for this, but I'm looking at the wiki right now, and it doesn't list any differences in the translation so that may not be the case mm. but that's my head canon for for kaiba uh what happens then uh it's time to duel no. no uh first uh tristan remembers that the millennium ring is a thing that exists uh it went oh, right flying off into nowhere uh somewhere um in the last duel and so hey maybe that we should go and find this incredibly powerful ancient magical artifact before Merrick, the evil magical mastermind, finds it. Uh, let's go do that. Magical mastermind Merrick is a, a really good band name. Yeah, and so I think, let's see, Duke wants to go with Serenity and like check the top half of the blimp. Right, and of course. Tristan naturally. is not having this. And she's like, no, no, buddy, you and me are going to go find that. You can stay away from Serenity. Now, is this the point where Tristan's voice actor changed? Maybe. Does Tristan sound different in this episode to you? I know at some point his voice actor changed. I don't know when it is. Because the way that he's saying this is like, nope, buddy, you're coming with me. And we're going to go find that Millennium Ring. And we're going to go upstairs and it is going to be totally fine. And he like drops contractions for some reason. Uh, and it sounds really creepy <laughs> for some reason. I'm not sure why. And it turns out like that is just totally Tristan's normal voice. Uh, but they get up to the, uh, the I top think it's of the just blimp. the dialogue. Is it just the dialogue? It yeah, might be because of what comes next. Uh, I'm looking at this page behind the voice actors.com uh -huh. uh, and the original voice actor for tristan was in episodes one through ten so it's just been oh, the same guy this whole time okay okay after that so uh so it may just be because of what happens next because they get up to the top of the the dueling arena <laughs> this uh, the top is so of the stupid and and they're like looking around and duke goes there's nothing up here but hot air and it's all coming from you and uh tristan does the why I oughta uh and like winds up and goes to punch him because he's he's telling him to leave uh telling Duke to leave Serenity alone. Yeah, and, they go to fight each other, but Tristan just straight up trips like on a banana peel. Well, so and so so Duke <laughs> mocks Tristan. He's like, I know why you want me to stay away from Serenity is because you have the hots for Serenity, but you know what girls like? Girls like men of action. And look at you, you're not even a duelist. <laughs> you're no man of action you're, you're literally just games. a guy who stays on the side and cheers for yugi and joey the whole time and, and so that is when that's true that's true <laughs> that's when tristan goes to punch him but he trips Whoop. bonks into duke and then they both go careening off the edge of this blimp <laughs> at at need i remind you official dueling altitude what was that four thousand feet four thousand feet so they're very high up. <laughs> they are yeah. uh they're 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 mile high at this point. Well, and change. Uh and so Tristan does the whole like action movie thing where he hangs onto the edge 
and he's he's hanging by his fingertips and Duke is hanging onto his pants leg or something. And yeah. uh Duke goes, "Well, now you did it. What do we do now?" And Tristan says, "Don't worry. I have a plan." Help! Help! <laughs> his Anyone? genius plan is to call for help from the top of this blimp where no one knows that they're up here. So Duke starts yelling for help as well. Uh yeah. And uh, so no one comes, obviously. Obviously, no one cares. Also, I want to point out that this blimp is really booking it. We get a lot of wide it's, shots of this blimp. It is trucking. cruising along. Is this why he couldn't turn it around? Is this why Kaiba couldn't stop at the hospital? Like, it's just going too fast? They're already halfway across the country. Yeah, where are they going? It's just going really fast. I don't know. To gotta like, go fast i guess uh so yeah so they're yelling they're yelling uh tristan's hand slips he loses his grip on the blimp and the last possible second who should appear but our old friend shoddy where the hell did he come from shoddy, how many like, people are stowed away on this blimp <laughs> <laughs> tucked away in their cabins waiting to go and interact with the protagonists well, you know, shoddy like a memory in my head. I I can't get that out of my head. Every time they say his name, I just think every song I've ever heard that has shoddy in it. So so shoddy appears and shoddy gets low <laughs> and uh, grabs Tristan's arm. He hits and the sort floor. Of them up. He hits the floor. <laughs> Next thing you know. Uh, and... Uh, that he pulls both of them up and he's not a big guy. Like he's a, a relatively small person. Yeah. But he picks both of these boys up. Like it's nothing pulls them onto the, the deck of the ship. Tristan sees him for a split second, but then he disappears to, at, at which point Duke is like, huh? What do you mean? There was somebody here, but like how else, how, how else did... were they going to fucking get up? Did Tristan hoist him by his <laughs> fingertips? No. Did you not see like this other guy when you were being pulled up to save your life? What are you doing? I mean, if it was me, I'd be busy praying and closing my eyes and wetting myself. But fair, you know, who knows? Uh, and so they're collapsing so, yeah. a heap, and Shadi has missed. You. <laughs> I can't say his <laughs> name without laughing, especially hey, because Shoddy. especially because of <clears throat> pardon me. Especially because of the way that Yugi says it in this exact next scene, yeah, where uh, Yugi is putting together his deck, which is not something that we that we get to see often. No, uh, but he's we commenting get to go on to like, Yugi's cabin. He's yeah. working on his deck for once. Uh, we get a white shot of a lot of his cards, some of which I don't think we've even seen before. No, and I, I was just noticing on the, on the wikia. So under mistakes, uh, let me see. There are a few mistakes involving Yugi's deck in this shot. He has so many cards that we never see, and none uh, of the cards that we do see. Well, yeah, like I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but uh, so uh, sorry, I just read the last mistake here that I was saved for later. But the first three mistakes listed uh, are when Yugi's deck is displaced on the table, the monster card Cyber Jar is shown as a spell card. It's a monster card. Uh, the spell card Graceful Charity is shown. It is incorrectly replaced by the monster card Lady of Faith in the English dub. So we see Lady of Faith, but actually it's supposed to be Graceful Charity. Why they changed it, I'm not sure. 
and then the trap card Magic Jammer is shown and it, uh, in the Japanese. It is incorrectly replaced by the spell Black Illusion Ritual in the English dub. So mm. we see Black Illusion Ritual when it should be. The showrunners uh, care about the integrity of Yugi's deck just as much as we do. <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the deck here. It's got a, I think all cards that we've seen, uh, except for one, maybe. I'm gonna send you this picture here, Jimmy. And I want you to take a look at it. For anyone listening, uh, if you look up, uh, just go to um. Uh, yugioh.fandom.com slash wiki and this is episode 85 in total uh, that's how you can you can find it so if you look at the picture of all the cards on the table there the far right mm-hmm. underneath swords of revealing light there's a monster card that I can't quite place and it looks like it's like a like a like black a, dragon or something or the one next that, to it no no, no that, that's what I'm talking about is that red eyes black dragon no, no, it, I don't it think looks so. like it's like a like a flying monkey from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it could be. It also looks like it could be uh, Ridley from Metroid. It does look like Ridley from Metroid. It's not Zero the Mant, is it? No, no. It's What's not... the the card next to that? It looks like a cinder block guy. Because uh, there's two of him, cinder block guy. That's uh, Iron Golem. Okay. That's the well, one that stabbed the moon that one time. He's uh, got two of those boys. I was wondering. It, it's because we haven't seen it in like an entire season. Yeah. You'd think it would come up more since he apparently has more than one. And yeah, it's not Red Eyes. I just looked up Red Eyes. I cannot tell what this monster is. Anyway, well, anyway so so if anyone listening at home can, can look at the picture uh, that's on uh, the, the Wakia for episode 85... Uh, look at the card all the way on the far right, immediately underneath Swords of Revealing Light. Let me know what that is. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that mysterious card? Uh, anyway, so yeah, so he's working on his deck and he's thinking to himself, he's, well, he's he's conversing with Yami is what's happening, but he's saying, man, it really seems like Slifer has actual magic like outside of the card game. He sure was useful, but man, he's dangerous. And he looks up, and in the reflection of the porthole, he sees Shoddy. And he goes, I remember you. You're Shoddy. <laughs> Shoddy, it's your booty. <laughs> uh, and Shoddy goes, yes, Yugi, tis I, Shoddy. Uh, and he gives us like a recap of like, hey, it's... You're living out your fate. It's your destiny. You got to save the world from an ancient evil. Uh, here it is. It's the the big game the, for the whole enchilada. Right here. We're in it. We're in it to win it, baby. And uh, he explains that he is the guardian of the seven millennium items. I think he's explained this before, but he yeah. re-explains. He had one job, dumbass. <laughs> uh, and... He says that all seven Millennium items are on board the blimp at this moment, uh, as well as all three Egyptian god cards. Now, Jimmy, One. I know you can name all three Egyptian god cards, but can you name all seven Millennium items? <laughs> this is literally one blimp to rule them all. Oh, shit. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. All seven Millennium items. Let's see. The puzzle, 
the uh-huh. eye, uh-huh. Shoddy's key, uh-huh. the ring, uh-huh. um, the rod. Yep. Um, are there two we haven't seen? Uh, there's one more that we've seen. Oh, Ishtar has one, doesn't she? I yeah, forget she, what it is. She, she uses necklace. Oh, the necklace. And... I don't know the last one. I genuinely cannot remember the seventh item. <laughs> uh, anyway, they're all here. Yeah, they're all here. Apparently, where they are, I'm not sure. Like, I know where the ring is. I know where the puzzle is. Uh, I know where the key is. I know where the rod is. Uh, oh, oh it's the, the scales. Millennium Scale is the seventh one. Does Shoddy have two items? Does Shoddy also have... Shoddy must also have the scale, is what it is. Does Shoddy have boots with the fur? <laughs> uh, oh, I just looked it up. Yes, uh, Shoddy also has the scale. Which, like, if your whole job is to keep all seven Millennium items separate and you have two of them, maybe don't go to the place where the other five are. Maybe just leave that place alone. Yeah. Le- le- at least leave the Millennium items at home. Also, does this mean that the Millennium Eye is here rolling around somewhere? <laughs> it's just on the floor, just rolling around in the uh, cargo chamber somewhere, like a marble. Because God, dang be- it, come back here. <laughs> <laughs> because Bakura got that from Pegasus, right? Yes. He, he plucked it from him. Uh, they had the mind duel. Does he have it in his pocket? That's my question. Where has it been this whole time? Where is the sucker? Uh, yeah, so apparently, so anyway, all seven Millennium items are here in one place now, which seems like a bad idea. And that seems like a disastrous idea. Yeah, in, indeed it is. What uh, happens if, like, something happens to this blimp and they all explode? I mean that I think we're good. I think that's the way to save <laughs> the world. Yeah, because <laughs> then Sorry, it would destroy Yugi. the cards. Like yeah, we destroy the cards. cards. So, shit, this is a real trolley problem. <laughs> Do we blow what? up the blimp and save the world, or let Yugi keep dueling and maybe fuck everything? Would you Hindenburg Yugi in order to save <laughs> all of reality? <laughs> Uh, I'm about to Hindenburg this boy. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Uh, <laughs> so, Shadi explains the, as best as he can, the backstory of, like, why we're dealing with any of this in the first place and why the Egyptian god cards and the Millennium Items together is such a, like, crazy cosmic mess yeah he's like no pressure Yugi. but if literally any of the millennium items or god cards fall into the wrong hands it could be world-endingly catastrophic just like it almost happened when pegasus invented dual monsters and yugi's like great segue tell me more <laughs> back in back in uh uh well okay no so we, we know we're getting a flashback does he say what year it is no it looks like world war ii it does. It looks like it's back in the 1940s. Everyone is like in pith helmets and like expedition gear. We we effectively get the intro sequence from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's exactly what this is. It's 
uh, Pegasus as young Indiana Jones. And he's in Egypt and he's he's in the back of a, a jeep shouting at some archaeologists just being like, I'm just trying to find the Egyptian god stones. And if you can't find them, then I'm going to report you to the archaeological society. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that, but you know. Yeah, his voice is different. This is a much it younger is. Pegasus. His voice and personality are different. He's much more um, impulsive and I think less calm. He's way less conniving and melodramatic. This is an angry young Pegasus. Yeah, he's innocent, I think. Yeah. Well, as well, innocent as someone can be if, uh, for someone who's obsessed with the shadow games and is making a card game to bring them back. Naive, maybe, is the word yeah. that I was looking for. He he does not yet know uh, what hell God hath wrought. He's a naive and driven young Pegasus. Yeah, which is fun to see. I, I really like it. So they're baby driving along. Baby Pegasus. Baby Pegasus. <laughs> Uh, and he explains that the Egyptian god stones are uh, depictions of three monsters that are an essential part to his game. So yeah, at this he's point, already... he's already inventing. How old is he? He looks like he's, what, 20? He looks like he's like 20 in, in the shot. Yeah, but I would assume that he is at least, let's see, we already know that he's been married and that his wife died. So... At the youngest, maybe like 25? Probably. I would Something say maybe, like that. I would guess maybe like 30. He's a, maybe, he's a yeah. billionaire by this point. Uh, but uh, where, where does he go from here? He's, finan- he's in this convoy. He's financing this expedition to some like Valley of the Kings kind of area. Looking for artifacts of the Egyptian god monsters. Um, and so they show up and there's like... Another brief couple cuts of like what like an archaeological dig site with like big wooden towers and people running around with like pickaxes and stuff. Uh just digging. Just it's a digging. dig site. Yep. And then uh he's like getting mad at some of the archaeological digger guys. And Shadi appears and offers to take Pegasus to them because they're they are in a tomb nor no mortal can can penetrate except for Shadi. <laughs> yeah, he just like appears out of fucking nowhere and goes, "I know what you're looking for. I know how to find it. No mortal can ever access it." <laughs> Pegasus says, "Pegasus says, please go on," because apparently this episode is about people telling Shadi to continue talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we also should point out that he does have the Millennium Eye at this point. So we've seen Shadi before. Yes. So he's he's seen Shadi before, and Shadi explains that the first trip the Pegasus took to Egypt, Shadi thought that Pegasus was the one who was destined to like unleash and then like harness the power of the Egyptian god card. So he gave him the like the test of the Millennium Eye, and the Millennium Eye accepted him, and and so he went away for a while, and now he's back, and then Shadi just sort of reappears mysteriously. So. Shadi takes Pegasus uh, to this like other remote place and it's him and an archaeologist and then a guy with a video camera and they enter an underground city. Yeah, they rappel down an ancient well to a buried underground city that's in remarkable condition. Yeah, it's for being very well preserved. Buried under sand. <laughs> I, I am not entirely sure how they made this happen, but magic, I guess. Magic. 
That and the, like, guardian cult who's been here this whole time, apparently. Apparently, yeah. So they, they start walking down this hallway, and Pegasus is like, wait a second. There's other people here? And Shadi goes, well, I, I've got this. Don't worry. And this, like, shadow emerges from his Millennium Key. And the shadow engulfs the four of them, and they're able to walk past these guards uh, because I guess the power of the Millennium Key is to make whoever invisible, like make the wearer and then whoever they want invisible. And not even just invisible, but undetectable because they're still talking to each other, like in front of these guards, like right in front of them. These are just some like guys standing there wearing turbans. Who just take no notice of them? Yeah, they're just like generic, like they're they're like hitmen NPCs. Yeah, they're the guys who like charge at Indiana Jones with scimitars. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have no real personality. They're just sort of uh, blunt instruments that you point at things. Uh, and they get to this giant ass door, which opens with some more magic. And Shadi goes, now, okay, I'm going to let you in here. This is the, like, forbidden zone. Uh, you can take as many pictures as you want, but do not take, do not physically take anything out of yeah. this room uh, because it's very dangerous. He warns them to take only pictures and leave only footprints like a good tour guide. <laughs> uh, they're about to go on Egyptian god safari. <laughs> Crikey, look at the size of that thing. <laughs> Oh, it's a big one. And uh, yeah, so they so they enter this giant room, and this we see bits and pieces of it. for the sky dragon. <laughs> and uh, Pegasus, <laughs> Pegasus is a weird line here. Pegasus says, "Hello, my ancient friends. It's a pleasure to meet you." <laughs> <laughs> As he runs up to this uh, this uh, like monolith, I guess, carved yeah, like a with- giant cuneiform tablet uh one of them is the one that we've seen previously in the museum that has the carvings of ancient yugi and ancient uh kaiba and like the millennium items and stuff right right uh Uh, there's some other ones just kind of like next to it that depict the egyptian god monsters yeah the 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 bigger ones are weird looking though they're like they are the egyptian god monsters but they're they're like a rough version of them i don't really know yeah i don't know how they got the details right for the god monsters for the cards because they're kind of shitty little carvings they're kind of shitty is the thing and so they look like they look like the ancient carving of mew from pokemon the first movie yes that's yeah that's a really good analog for this yeah so they're, they're just like there's these like kind of shitty uh, uh, carvings and Pegasus like runs up and he puts his hands all over shit and he's like getting his greasy fucking fingers over everything. But uh, he uh, he's so happy, so excited. Uh, and I just heard the cats fighting at your door. <laughs> um, I have uh, one of those like draft blocker things to try and keep because there's a huge gap under my door. Oh, sure, and sure, sure. They're like reaching through and like scrabbling at it. I because... couldn't tell if it was like something in my room or not, but it was just no. coming through the headphones. So I was like looking around, going, what the fuck is that? That's Akima reaching under my door. Akima. Like that one scene in Signs. 
Oh God. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Pegasus is very pure and wonderful in this scene. He's just so excited about these shitty carvings. Uh, but yeah, so he he returns to America and goes to design cards based on the images that he finds on these stones. Yeah. He does not take the tablets, so point no. in his favor. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why this trip was necessary, because he knew the names of the gods as soon as he entered. He was like, oh, that's Obelisk the Tormentor. That's Life of the Sky Dragon. That's the Winged Dragon of Ra. And, like, the card, like, the art isn't that detailed. Couldn't he have just named the cards those names and, like, guessed at what they looked like and it would have been the same as far as his game goes it wouldn't have been the same though for him he wants to be he wants his card game uh, based on these ancient monsters to be authentic sure i mean except then he put all his fucking cartoon characters (laughs) except but yeah we still haven't addressed the question of where all these other like cyber monsters and like cartoon monsters come from I have a theory. I'm going to save it for the end of the episode, but I I have a theory about that that we'll get to. Uh, so he returns to America to design the cards, and it turns out Croquet comes to him, and it turns out that there is a curse. <gasps> oh, yeah. We get a shot of his HQ, and it looks red as hell. I just want to point this out. It looks like a futuristic Egyptian obelisk built into, like, an airport. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, uh, but yeah, cro- croquet looks just as old as ever. Croquet does not age; he's just always been old. He has uh, not Benjamin Buttons. What's the other thing? What's the one where you're just always an old person? <laughs> uh, he has uh, he has Cocoon's disease. Croquet's uh, disease. Yeah, <laughs> he was born uh, old and he'll die old. <laughs> uh, so uh, he explains that the. Uh, the other people who were on that expedition have mysteriously started disappearing. And we cut to the photographer yeah. who was there he says, with them. everyone in the God Card project has met with disaster. Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> has met with disasters. Maybe I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> Tyler has met with disaster. Yeah, like I don't, I don't want, I, I, I'm not even sure I want like an end date on the tombstone. Like, 91 to question mark, question mark, question mark, met with disaster. Missing in action. <laughs> Jesus. No, that's uh, that's stealing valor, I think, is that what that is. But uh, so anyway, so we cut to the photographer who's on the expedition. And uh, he's, he's, he's in a dark room. The, yeah, he's in his dark room. He's making the prints. Uh, he's got all these shots, like wides and close ups of the tablets and he's looking at the photos of obelisk the carvings of obelisk the tormentor and he marvels at how powerful his photos feel like there's actual energy there and suddenly he's looking at it and suddenly a phantom obelisk emerges from the photos and attacks him it's actually a really fun shot so you get like a sort of a glitchy effect and it like fades in and out uh, until it, it it sort of like pushes itself through the frame of the photo a little. Yeah, bit. these like glowing eyes appear, and then the rest of Obelisk just kind of materializes around them, and it like reaches out towards him as he screams in terror, falls over himself. I know that there's probably a more 
like apt comparison here, but this really reminded me of Marble Hornets. Really? Like the original Slenderman, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Like something about like- pasta. Yeah, like it's it's very much like uh, I was developing my photograph, and then the Egyptian god was in the room with me, and then you know, like the the audio log cuts out or whatever, right? Yeah, that's what I, it reminded me of. It, it reminded me. Have you? I've told you about this a lot before, but have you? You've read SCP Foundation, right? I've read a bit of it. Uh, you've sent me a few. Uh, you're talking about the one where it's like the wiki, right? Of, yes. of the various things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me a few articles from it, uh, but I haven't. I haven't gotten in deep. Okay. Well, this is this felt very much like an SCP thing, and I'll get into it later because this was my favorite part of the episode. That, okay. Um. Well, I'll just talk about it later. Yeah. yeah well, t- what happens? So we we get the photographer. The photographer yeah. gets got by obelisk. Uh, he gets and we the also ring. cut to the <laughs> we also get cut to the cameraman. Yeah, the, so what cameraman the cameraman is in his apparently like high rise apartment digitizing his VHS tapes of the expedition. Um, he's got it on his computer and he's like zooming, enhance that kind of thing into right. the background of his uh, his footage. Um, and suddenly there's like more static on his computer, and suddenly outside his window there is the kaiju-sized slifer the sky dragon just like his head is outside this dude's window um manifesting and we cut to a wide shot outside his high-rise apartment and full-size slifer the sky dragon is there curled around this apartment building with thunder and lightning i am so pissed off about this shot jimmy you know why why because it is so goddamn good. It is this, really good. This is the best frame of Yu-Gi-Oh! that has existed so far. I think I got a screenshot of it. Just the lightning strike and it wrapped around the building. Like, why are we wasting? We waste like three seconds on the Rare Hunters in their fucking cult robes with the dual discs and the theme, you know, in the, in yeah. the, in the intro animatic. Why are we not getting just this frame? This is some real good, like, this is the meat of the episode. Yeah. It looks like uh, the intro to Batman the Animated Series, where Slifer yes. is just, like, in shrouded in darkness, and all you see is its glowing eyes, and then lightning strikes, and you can see all of Slifer the Sky Dragon lit up for just a second. It's so good. It's so good. As this massive dragon manifests outside this guy's apartment, and he goes mad with terror. Yeah, and then you you also got the uh, the interior shot, right? So it's like a I think it's an over the shoulder shot from the the guy's perspective as he's looking at his window, his like apartment yeah. window, and Slifer's head just like lowers into the silhouette, right? This is a very like Godzilla movie sort of shot where you see it's... just like the single giant monster eye looking in at you. Honestly, like I think we could do an entire movie of that of like here's slifer the sky dragon taking over domino city please god can we have more of that and less dumb duels with these kids the movie the movie could have been that the movie could have been that i want to watch the movie again because it's all about the egyptian gods but it was not this cool once we get to that point we'll we'll have to we'll have to watch it again once we're like chronologically back at the right spot uh okay so the the cameraman disappears uh croquet advises that pegasus stops production pegasus insists that the egyptian god cards are integral to the game 
and he thinks that he can do it himself using his Millennium Eye as a protection from the magic of the Egyptian god <laughs> cards, I guess. Sure. He's like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Uh, he goes to paint for a bit. He paints these uh, these big canvases with the card art that we now know and love. Yeah, he returns uh, to Chateau Pegasus. Right. Um, he old-fashioned, just straight-up paint on easel, paint on canvas. Which I I forgot was a thing that he did. Like, I, I forgot that that was how the cards got designed. I like it. I think yeah. it's I think it's a very pure again going back to like this is pure Pegasus. This is mm-hmm. naive Pegasus before the world ruined him. This it's is very nice. Yeah. Um I guess that makes it canon that Pegasus like acrylic painted all the shitty photoshop backgrounds on all these cards. If he That's had what a I hand in believe. designing yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. At least most of them, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody nobody had the heart to tell them, like, hey, that background's kind of shit. And then they had to replicate that style for the whole rest of the, <laughs> the yeah. card game. Uh, so he falls asleep is the thing. He finishes, I think it's Winged Dragon of Ra. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And he falls asleep in his chair. We get a voiceover from Shadi saying, then I realized he was not destined to control their powerful magic. Bum, bum, bum. And Pegasus gets a vision of Egypt burning as the god cards go rampant, destroying the pyramids, etc. Yeah, he's floating above the pyramids and just are all around the pyramids. This is a never-ending lake of fire with the Egyptian god monsters just rampaging, uh, ripping cities apart, destroying buildings, all that good stuff. Um, And then they all turn on him and fire their... They they're firing their lasers at Pegasus. <laughs> they and, are, yeah, and and uh, it's. It, I mean, this part's scary. This is like, uh, uh, like apocalypse level sort of animation happening here. Yeah. And so they it's attack him, game. and he wakes up. And so he's like, "Well, Ye- yep, shit, yeah, I done goofed." I mean, he, and he, he, well, he wakes up. <laughs> right you there boy what day is it <laughs> like uh he was, he, he was haunted like, uh, by like three Scrooge. egyptian gods <laughs> sorry sorry that one was a bit of a stretch no i get that immediately in fact let me reach over <laughs> to my bookshelf here and pull out my a christmas carol a christmas carol is my favorite uh charles dickens novel and my oh there we go book. okay why it's dueling day uh he realizes that it's not too late uh and so shoddy tells pegasus that he must return the egyptian gods to their resting place or or to a new resting place rather uh, or else their darkness will consume him and the entire world i think it's the same pegasus takes the new cards returns to egypt oh is it the same yeah yeah, he has. Uh, he he his, returns to Egypt with the cards. And... He's already made his prototype of these cards, the three Egyptian god cards. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so he has to fly back to the, that same tomb to lock them away. Oh, see, I I thought because of the explanation that we got from Shizu, like, I don't know, a million episodes ago now, that they came up with unique like discrete hiding places for each card. Did they? Do you remember? I don't remember. Like, 
like they like the reason that like the reason that Merrick could find the winged dragon of Ra was because he knew where it was and it was like in a, a pit that was a hundred feet down and had a giant stone slab on it. Now I'm that's vaguely I, it doesn't go into this at all in the episode, so that's probably why I forgot. No, not at all. But it's very important anyway, that he's so he in Egypt, Egypt for some reason. Yeah, he gets to Egypt and he's trying to figure out where to put the god cards and Ashizu shows up and is like, hey, I've been waiting for you to show up. My family has been like sworn to protect the Egyptian gods. Let me help you hide them, etc., etc. Then Shadi explains that if Merrick gets the god cards, the results will be devastating. Uh, at that point... Uh, uh, upon hearing the word devastating, Yami Yugi takes over the body, ready for action. Yep, he has this uh, transformation sequence. He yells Yu-Gi-Oh! He's Yami Yugi again. Shoddy falls to the floor. Shoddy gets low. Shoddy hit the floor. <laughs> <Shoddy gets Shoddy hit the flow. laughs> uh, and, uh... Shadi bows and says that he has, you know, great confidence in Yami and that that his pharaoh will do everything in his power to save the world and he knows that the power of the pharaoh is real, etc., etc., etc. Yep. Uh at this point a voice comes over the PA saying all remaining finalists must now return to the main concourse. How do the PAs in this blimp sound so good? They're so clear. Uh Kaiba Corp technology. They're very oh, good. Oh, okay. Speakers. They should put that in planes. Ah, <laughs> uh, excuse me, Dorling Blimp. This is your captain speaking. <laughs> yeah, these are not like shitty plane PAs. Um, but yeah, everyone, it's time to duel. So all the duelists go back to the main dueling area to see who's going to duel next. Um, and then Shoddy has. <laughs> Shoddy, Shoddy does a montage. That reminded me of like a movie in which someone has passed away and they are now a ghost checking up on all their loved ones just to see how they're doing. Shoddy freaking teleports around. And so where where all does he go? So he goes first to, to Bakura, right? No, he goes to Ishtar's room first. She's just sitting there oh, looking right, out the window, right. being dramatic, thinking about how she needs to save her brother. Um, Shadi appears in Ishtar's room and uh, comforts her. Um, talking about how it's like Merrick's fault that this is happening again. But Merrick wasn't always bad. There's a really weird shot where we see <laughs> baby it's Merrick. such a strange... Yeah, we got baby Merrick. Merrick holding up a bouquet of flowers. And like... A, giving this like bouquet of flowers to Ishtar like many, many years ago. And he's like, Oh, a, a flower necklace. Pardon yes. me. It's for you. Fuck off. <laughs> Remember how he wasn't evil and he was an actual toddler. Um, and Those so, are the days. Yeah. So she remembers that. And then she turns shoddy has gone again. Now he comes and he checks on Bakura. Right, right. So he checks on Bakura, and he's he's looking at Bakura's basically dead body. There is no medical staff here. No, where is that trained medical team? Who the maybe maybe they did their job and left? Who knows? Uh, and he, he's sort of you know hypothesizing about like oh like you know he had the evil spirit in him, and the Millennium Ring is very powerful, and and it's not here now, but maybe that's just as well. 
But like weirdly, I sense a lot of darkness in this room and he's standing right next to Taya who does not know that he's there because he's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. So Taya is being controlled by Merrick. Right. So he shows up into this room with one evil spirit and like another evil spirit in a, a millennium item. And he shows up and like, hmm, something feels weird about this room, but I can't quite put my <laughs> finger on it. He says something along the lines of, like, there's a lot of dark in this room. <laughs> what the fuck is with the bad vibes I'm getting here? Huh. The, the destinies of the items are kind of being fucked with. Oh, well, yeah, guess uh, I'll leave. <laughs> I gotta remember to smudge this room. Get some uh, get some crystals going. Uh, yeah, and then he just, like, he fucks off. And as he does, we get a, a monologue from Merrick from inside the Millennium Ring saying that he will occasionally take control of Taya to complete his goal? Yeah, Taya has just been standing there motionless this whole time. Well, no, pardon me, is it Merrick or is this Yami Bakura? It's hard to tell because they both have the same cackling voice. And we just get the eyes. We only see the eyes sort of glowing. It must be Yami Bakura is the thing because that's the spirit of the Millennium Ring. I think it's Merrick because I think because wasn't that in the summary? Yeah. Merrick is revealed oh, to have temporarily taken, retaken control of Taya's mind to take Bakura's Millennium Ring. Bad Kura is in the ring right now. I got you. Okay, so then the confusing thing was not in this episode. It was in the last episode when it looked like Taya was wearing the Millennium Ring and had been taken over by the spirit of Yami Bakura. Yeah. There's we a lot of evil spirits Yami around. Taya. We did not see Yami Taya. What we were seeing was... Merrick mind controlling Taya. Disappointing because I really want to see Yami Taya. Yami Taya could have really kicked ass. Can you imagine with Taya's deck? So Taya does duel, right? Mm-hmm. She's not in the tournament, but with Taya's deck, she has like uh, Shining Friendship and Petite Heart and things like that, like all the fairy cards. Can you imagine her cackling evilly and just like getting all these bright sparkly fairies to come out that would be an amazing <laughs> twist if she like had to duel yugi and like he's like okay Taya, i'm gonna go easy on you and then he like slowly but surely gets crushed under the weight of all these like buffs that Taya is getting from her cards right right all these like weird all, like, all the weird fairy tech that we haven't seen in the in the show yet yeah that would be good but i guess we don't have to see that but we're this not gonna episode, see it at least uh, so anyway, yeah, so, so Merrick is going to occasionally take control of Taya to get control of the Millennium Ring. He's just going to remote in and <laughs> <laughs> just to check up on things. Which is, uh, real cool, real good and cool and good. And that's the end of the episode. I feel like we recapped that episode in record time, largely because there was no dueling. There was no dueling. When we write this episode, uh, we can't really apply like a null to it. What did we do last time? Did we just give it a zero? I think we just gave it a zero. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, what what was your best part of this episode? My best part of this episode was just the concept of the images of the tablets depicting the god monsters being enough to release them into the world again. Yeah. This is some SCP Foundation shit where like these things have been locked away. They're super magical. Even like just like looking at their depictions and then taking a photo of their depictions 
is enough to like break the seal enough to cause them to like re- leak into the real world again. That's such a frightening and cool concept. Wasn't there a horror movie about that not that long ago that was like sort of in the vein of it, but it was this family that moves into a house and like the dad finds a box of old videos and he starts playing the videos on a projector and he notices like, who's that weird clown in the background? Why is he walking towards me? Like, why is he looking at me? And then the clown like rips out of the video screen. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's from it. I don't know. That, okay no no, no. so that, that does happen, happen in it that happens in it but there's a movie where that's like the whole thing is like oh it's the image of this evil spirit from whatever i don't remember at all okay maybe lauren will know lauren would know hey, you you are not the hey, horror lauren, movie expert lauren good timing uh we're trying to remember there's a there's a horror film that's not it that is about like a family moving into a house and they find this like box of old videos and the dad starts playing the videos and there's like a creepy clown in it and the clown like because someone is watching like his imagery he's able to like come back into real life and start haunting this family does that sound familiar it, at all to this you? does it sounds really familiar it's not it it's but not it's, poltergeist it's not polter it's like recent it's like within the last five years i want to say it's jason bateman in the lead role but i know that's too <laughs> like comedic uh, why do you know I, about this tyler because yeah. because trailers because he, for horror yeah, movies give me trailers. nightmares for forever i still have nightmares about the fucking nun and that movie came out like a decade ago and i only saw the first 10 seconds of the trailer <laughs> See, I think you make up worse in your head than what the movies actually are. Because when you and I have watched horror movies together, um, it's been fine. You've been fine. Yeah. So that's the thing is. Like, you're you're actually not that bad with horror films as you think you are. Uh, y- correct. Correct. <laughs> debatable. But it has to. I well, rem- but also debatable. Do you remember when at our old apartment when we, we tried <laughs> to get you to play Slenderman? And you just yes. like collapse on the floor, like controlling it at arm's length. I could Slenderman and I couldn't um, do it. And Amnesia, uh, Amnesia, the Dark Fuck Descent. That yeah, game. yeah. That was just a game I, of jump scares. But, That's not actually well, that scary. And, and here's so here's the thing for me is, and the reason that I that I can't do if it's a horror movie that Lauren has already watched. Yeah, and, I, I'm and a pretty like good judge sometimes. For me as like this is also a good movie, then and I can spoil it for you. Right, exa- that helps. That helps. Whereas, for me, it's the not knowing that makes things worse, and that's why I hated Slenderman, and that's why I hated Amnesia. Is those are games all about not knowing what's <laughs> going to happen. And the reason I hate horror movie trailers is they, of course, don't give you the whole story, so I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Maybe I'm going to be possessed by watching this movie. <laughs> You probably are. Maybe I've been dragged to hell. That would explain well, a lot. I was going to say, with the way this year's going. Yeah, well. Anyway, okay, so that's fine. That's fine. Uh, no, let's keep talking about horror movies. No, 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 no. Well, I like it. We, we can come back to it. We're, All right. We were just commenting on how we've gone pretty quickly in this episode, so maybe we'll circle back around. Jimmy, uh, you said that the best part of this episode was... Because the images of the tablets had power in and of themselves, yeah, right? just the concept of, like... A reflection of a reflection of a reflection of these things is enough to like have their power come out like not even the god monsters themselves but just like there's no like 
distance you can get from them, like depicting them, that you will be right. safe. That's right. how powerful they are. Yeah, which is really fucking cool. Now, you also mentioned that it's some SCP Foundation shit. Do you want yeah. to explain further what that means? For those of you who don't know, the SCP Foundation is a collaborative writing project that takes the form of this wiki of articles that are like files for the secret organization in each oh yeah i love this shit thank you i was pulling up the website lauren i I knew you'd be into this yeah oh i've seen i've read a lot of them i love them but each the first one is still the best article takes the they're like a card catalog describing what these things are and how they can be safely contained and like the steps that you need to take you the employees need to take in order to make sure that they don't like escape and cause harm in the world and these are definitely th- these would be in the SCP foundation there is one i forget what which number it is but it's a creature it's a creature that is attracted to data about itself and so the article itself is written entirely in pictograms because just like typing or reading about it would be enough to attract its attention and it would come out and get you and that's All right. what this episode reminded me of. The horror movie you were describing when I came in was very much like um, one of the SCP ones on there. Where it's yeah. like you can't look at the image of the thing. And so they say they can't put a picture on there because oh, right. it gives it power. And you know, Which one is that? 096? Is that the one where you can't have like even just like a single pixel like in the distance yeah. in a photo if you like yes. glance at it? is enough to, like, throw this thing into a blinding rage and it will come find you anywhere Jesus. in the world and cause untold right. destruction. It can tell when you're looking at an image of it. And, oh, yeah. I fucking hate that. <laughs> That's the worst. That's just bad. I don't like that. Well, anyway, Tyler, what was your best of this episode? Uh, you know, it's always good to see Pegasus again. It was I good love to see Pegasus some good again. young Pegasus action. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, and it was really nice to like get some clarity on why this is actually important. Like we've been spending the whole season talking about like you have to go get the Egyptian god cards and like make sure that the Millennium items still all fall into the wrong hands. But like, why? Yeah, <laughs> nobody's really stopped to question that. So now that Shadi has shown up for this brief moment to say like, oh, BT Dubs men died <laughs> people have literally died yugi the world will be plunged into darkness and it will look like this you want the world to literally be set on fire that's what's going to happen if you get these cards all messed up do you like fire that's how you get fire <laughs> yeah we get good backstory we get to see pegasus again which is fun we get to see his whole deal svelte young pegasus Mm. Gotta love him. Uh, How about your worst part of the episode? Shoddy, bro, what the fuck are you doing? You mean to tell me that none of the conflict in Yu-Gi-Oh would even exist if Shoddy had just done his one job, which is guard the Millennium Items, (laughs) and then just, like, hand out Millennium Items and God Tablets to every passing rando like they're Halloween candy? Yeah, like, his his whole fucking deal is like, hey, we shouldn't put the seven Millennium Items together. He's holding two of them. One of which makes him completely undetectable by any technology of God or man. Like, he could just 
fuck off for the rest of his life and everything would be fine. Yeah, but no, he this is like midway through having already given away a bunch of Millennium items and already like shown this random guy the God cards. He was like, huh, <laughs> did I fuck up? <laughs> uh, yeah, what? No, it's Why immortals did... who are wrong. Jesus. How old is Shoddy? How old is Shoddy? That's a great question. Is he immortal? Or is he just He's... another like guardian guy in the long line of people guarding the Millennium Items? Well, no, so that's um, the, that's the Ishtar family. Yeah. They're they're mortal. Um, excuse me. It sounds Yes. It sounds like he did a really shoddy job. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he did though. That's did. my worst of this episode, is that he's just yeah. so freaking incompetent. That's he thinks valid. he's so smart, but he's so dumb. What was your worst? <laughs> My worst was that Pegasus kept insisting that the God cards were essential to his game. And that's why he did the whole like expedition and risked, I don't know, everything. Uh, but like, clearly they weren't essential to his game because he then buried them and it became the most successful game in existence. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, inherent to the meta of dual monsters that there are these, like, three powerful cards. We don't get any shots in the last season and a half of anyone playing the game being like, ah, oh, this is all right, but it'd be really cool if there was, like, a winged dragon of Ra or something, or, or maybe, like, a big guy that we call, like, the Tormentor. Well, he's going for the completionist run. He's 100%ing dual monsters. It would, I guess. Well, his obsession like, is to bring back the shadow games, and he can't do that without every card being existent. I guess. I guess. Well, and, and so that's that's the thing that I was going to say earlier is like this is why he brings in all the cartoons and the tech and the and the like, you know, all the newer cards that are clearly not based on Egyptian monsters. Yeah. As he goes and he has to bury the Egyptian god cards and realizes, well. My game's never going to be perfect. Might as well make it funny. I'm just picturing him going through, going into the tomb for the first time and like looking at the ancient stone tablets depicting all these monsters. And he's like, finally, the hamstrat. That's what it looked like. <laughs> just like an ancient Egyptian carving of a hamster plane. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, like, I, th I think at this point he just kind of gave up and was like, eh, fuck it. It's a, it's a robot uh, taxi. <laughs> I hope we do find out what the actual deal is with those cards. I think you're right, though. I, I would love for them to be real things, but I don't think they are. Like, he started off going for just, like, ancient Egyptian monsters. Then he was like, wait a minute, this is a terrible idea. Uh, I'm just going to make shit up now. Yeah, but it's too late. The it's card game late. is already out. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's not let Lauren wait too much longer. Let's uh, go ahead and put this on a graph. Let's give it a zero for card mechanics. Yeah, there was no card mechanics. And then the only card plot. mechanics are like you play a card and then like the world ends. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Uh, plot relevance. Plot relevance is a five out of five, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, this is maybe, if you want to understand the plot of this season, you have to watch this episode. And of last season, ostensibly the whole, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! universe. This, this Actually, episode, yeah. This episode talks about it. 
Kind of, yeah. This really makes uh, most of Yu-Gi-Oh! almost make sense. Yeah, this is the critical lore episode that we needed. I loved it. I loved it and hated it, but, you know, in the same way that I feel about every episode. (laughs) The whole show. (laughs) All right, well, let's move into the next segment of our podcast in which we have my partner Lauren come into the studio and tell us whether or not something is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It's time for Yu-Gi-Oh or not. Oh, I'm so excited. Pepper is actively licking Lauren's face. It is intense. (laughs) Upsetting. That makes it sound gross. Well, the sound was not great. I'm sure some of that came through. God, I just Uh, saw a Tumblr post yesterday that was like, my cat is somewhere in my dark room licking himself, and it sounds like an old man is sitting in the dark with me eating a bowl of chili. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Luckily, Pepper doesn't lick himself, but yes. he does lick us. Yeah. A lot. He's very affectionate. That's he licks your very feet. That's weird. <laughs> that, I think, is like a nervous It's not reaction. that weird. I've it's said it to a lot weird. of people, and they're like, oh, my dog does the same thing. Anyway. It's a dog thing. Let's not analyze our dog. Uh, we know he has issues. It's he fine. Has, he has anxieties just like We the rest love of him us. very much and he's perfect. Uh, this week, for Yu-Gi-Oh or not, the cards come to us from none other than our good friend James Brown. It me. Jimmy, you wrote the cards <laughs> this week. Can you please explain to myself and Lauren what the fuck is going on here? Yes. For this week's episode... Uh, of Yu-Gi-Oh or not, I decided to make uh, a list I've been thinking about for a long time. Uh, are these Yu-Gi-Oh cards, or are these the names of enemies from the hit 2002 GameCube classic Metroid Prime? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lauren, have you, because Jimmy has played Metroid Prime mm. several times through. Have you ever seen Jimmy play Metroid Prime? I may have, but I never did like a concerted watch of him playing through. I don't think. Right. I mean, obviously, I know through just cultural osmosis and being sort of involved in video game culture, I I know a little bit about Metroid. I know who Samus is, all of that. Gotcha. You know about Metroid Prime. But you don't know, you haven't played it yourself. I've never played it through myself. That's critical. And that's good. (laughs) Uh, So. Jimmy has provided us with six potential cards here. I'm assuming it's three and three, right? Yes. Okay. Do you want to read them or should I? Um, I'd like you to read them to Lauren just so I can see your reactions. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I do want to point out, I I did not uh, make the... um, I'm not trying to trick you with like the order of these cards. I actually went online and found (laughs) like a random list scrambler. Oh, cool. Oh, so okay. They're okay. completely random in the order that they're in. Okay, but you Dig know it. which is which, yeah, right? This, this isn't like okay. a Scantron thing where it's like I'm trying to mess with your head. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Not like but I, I also feel like you providing that disclaimer, it, it means that it is. Or am I lying to you right now? Exactly. Bum, bum, ba. Okay, well, I don't know which is A little window which. into how my brain works. <laughs> I, have, I have some guesses, <laughs> but I don't know which is which. So I'll go ahead and read the cards and then Lauren will decide. Uh, what is or is not a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Are we ready? Hopefully. I've already disappointed myself and America. 
You did and two the world. perfect games in a and row. And then I lost it, and no, it's gone. it's fine. It's fine. All right, let's get <laughs> into it. Card number one, Baby She-Goth. Baby She-Goth. <laughs> Card number two, Flying Pirate. Flying Pirate. Cool. Card number three, Aurora Wing. Aurora Wing. Card number four, Shield Worm. Shield Worm. Card number five is Gemer. Gemer. Yep. Potentially Gemer, but I think Gemer. And card number six is Baby Tyragon. Baby Tyragon. Those are our yeah. six cards. Walk us through what you're thinking. All right. Um, sorry, I have to move closer. Can't quite read them. Um. Well, gamer is nothing. It means nothing, and it is nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you not game? <laughs> What's up, gamers? I game. You game. He, she, they game. Um, which I want to say is a Yu-Gi-Oh card, but maybe my my strategy has been found out. Um. No, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to say Gamer is a Yu-Gi-Oh card because I don't know what it means. And that okay. usually makes it a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay. Google Docs has completely frozen on me, so I'll update that in a second. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, there is. we go. There we go. All right. So you think that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card? Yeah. By that logic, Baby She-Goth should also be a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Because it's just a, a nothing. Because it's nothing. But it's baby nothing. It's baby nothing. All right. Um, and there's also Baby Tyragon, which I feel like Jimmy would have been smart enough to pick one that is a Yu-Gi-Oh card and one that's from Metroid. Ah, Ooh, enter my mind me. palace. Both, <laughs> Can you both solve of these my things baby have babies. Um, no, I'm going to say Baby She-Goth is Metroid okay. and Baby Tyragon is is Yukio. All right. For, I don't sure. know why, for yeah. no reason. Okay. Um I just I just think that Flying Pirate is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Flying Pirate. I can just see it in my head. So that would make Aurora Wing and Shieldworm both Metroid. I think Shieldworm is Metroid. That's just what I think. Okay. In my head. So so That's as of right three. now, so so your yeah, list is Baby She-Goth, Aurora Wing, and Shield Worm are both Metroid monsters, or enemies. Uh, and then Flying Pirate, Gamer, and Baby Tyragon are all Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, but when I hear you say it, I kind of want to switch all of them. Like a 100% swap? <laughs> or... Because yeah, it's, it's your game. You got to tell me what, what you want to pick. Can you solve my riddle? No, I can't. I've lost it, and I've lost the confidence. Um, nah, I'm I'm, I'm on your side here. Like I, I actually, help. I think Shieldworm is Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, so you think Shieldworm is Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, but that would mean Baby Tyragon is. No, you know what? I'm gonna say Gamer is Metroid. So you're okay. So you're swapping. Okay. So now you're saying that Baby She-Goth, Gamer, and Aurora Wing are Metroid. Flying Pirate, Shieldworm, and Baby Tyragon are Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
final answer? Yeah. All right. I don't know. Jimmy, how'd she do? All right. Are you ready to find uh, out your score? No. <laughs> that I have carefully prepared a laser targeted for you specifically. Oh, God. Knowing what you <laughs> it's all wrong, then. It's all wrong is what he means by that. Number one, baby she-goth is from Metroid. Oh, hey, hey, I got one. That's one point. They're the little ice guys that you fight in Fendrana Drifts before you fight the Mama She-Goth and obtain the wave beam. <laughs> yes. Number two, Flying Pirate, I'm afraid is also Metroid. Aww. Uh, I wanted that so badly to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card, though. Yeah, can't you, you can, just picture you it? Picture yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly one why those, I picked it. One of those steampunk fucking... Pirates. Yeah, well, I think like I think there is bullshit. I think there is a fur hire oh, one of those. Uh, uh, card that is a flying pirate. Um, Probably no, a flying pirate in Metroid Prime is just a space pirate wearing a jetpack. Oh, okay, That's real obnoxious because cool, they shoot missiles at you. Number three. Uh, you know, oh, I, sorry. I just found it. It's a recon scout yeah, for hire. I think that's it's literally, literally a flying pirate Jimmy, and Fandora the Flying Fortress. Jimmy, did you ever read related to Flying Pirate? Um, and Tyler, you and I have talked about this and you never have either. But it, there is a series of books, um, like middle grade sort of books. Um, what are they called? The Edge Chronicles? In any way, it's basically speculative fiction for middle grade where it's like takes place in this whole fantasy world. And one of the conceits of it is that rocks actually have opposite gravity. So they float and they grow from the ground and people like harness them and make like pirate ships out of them that fly in the air. And no, that sounds rad like as hell though. Sky pirates. It's really good. I was obsessed with these books as a kid I love me some in like sky middle pirates. school. What's yeah, you should look it up. It's called The Edge Chronicles by Paul Stewart, and it's um, illustrated by Chris Riddell, who's one of my like favorite illustrators as well. The Edge. The Edge Chronicles. It's really good. You'd really enjoy them, even though they're um, they're middle grade. They're still really good. And they, they are really quick reads. Mm-hmm. Book recommendation of the week. All right. And there's like 12 of them or something. Oh, neat. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I I've just remembered that we still have to get through the rest of this list, <laughs> so that's yeah. one point that Lauren has so far out of two. Yay! <laughs> Number three, Aurora Wing, is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, what do you mean? All right, okay, so, so still uh still one point. You were happy about that. I wasn't. Oh, it's pretty. Oh, that's right. I looked this up earlier. Oh, it is pretty. It's Ooh. like a dragon it Luna has... Moth. It has very legendary Pokemon vibes. It does. Number four, Shield Worm. Also a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Hey, you got that one right. All right, so you got two points. Uh, Number five, Gamer is from Metroid. Yay. All right, three points. So wait, so that means. That's right. The last one, Baby Tyragon, is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. That's four points. That's respectable. That's a respectable score. That's pretty good. I'm, I tried I'm really to make it hard on purpose. Too. Yeah. Good job. Oh, God. Baby Tyragon is like actually kind of terrifying to me. It's also I hate, a Pokemon. I hate overly cute things. And this is that. This is just too... It's 
it's not overly cute. It's well, like a it's, Pichu. It's like trying to be cute. Yeah. Yeah. Not really working, is it? It is like a Pichu. Do you know what it reminds me of? Did hmm. you ever play Neopets? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Neopets. Did, did I play Neopets? <laughs> Please. Did you, did you know... That so a Neopets got sold to Scientologists. No. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Neopets that. is Neopets is purely run by Scientologists at this Yikes. point. It still exists, and yeah. there's there is a non-zero chance that your Neopets are still alive in the oh. system somewhere, and their hunger is based on how many days it's been since you fed them, regardless <laughs> of whether you've logged in or not. So there is an entirely a possibility that your old Neopets are starving on the internet. For 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's depressing. That is uh, depressing. Maybe that's what everybody should do. Now that we're all uh, on lockdown, let's just all log back into Let's all get back into Neopets. Neopets. <laughs> anyway, if you're wondering what a gamer is, it's this little spiky yeah. guy. That is one who games. Oh, I like it. They move around on platforms, and so you have to time your jumps so you don't get spiked. Right. It's like a um, sea urchin. Yeah, they're little crawly sea urchin guys. Yeah. They're in like every Metroid. And they're going to game you. They're going to game you. Going to get gamed. You got gamed. It's game time. (laughs) 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 Got to get your head in the game. Hey. Or out of the game? I don't know. Don't get your head anywhere near the game. Do not get your head near the game. All right. Well, that was Yugi or not. Uh, shall we move on to the final part of the episode? Let's do. It's time for the mum up mum 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 monster bracket. As we do every week, we pit two monsters from season two against each other and decide who will continue on in our tournament of champions, so that we may crown one ultimate monster at the end of season two. This week, we have a matchup that I do not know how it's going to go. I'm a little nervous about it. We have. Blue Eyes White Dragon wow. versus Doll of Demise. Oh, oh. Doll of Demise is a level four fiend monster, 1600 attack, 1700 defense. Blue Eyes White Dragon is a, uh, uh, what, like an eight star? It's not actually saying it, it here. Needs no introduction. Uh, dragon type monster, 3000 attack, 2500 defense. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the Blue Eyes White Dragon. The blue, uh, the eyes, the dragon. <laughs> How are we feeling about this one, folks? I want to point out, just looking at these two cards initially, one of them is not a card. Right. So Doll of Demise appears in the show, but is not actually a part of the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game. Wow. Disqualified. Honestly, is it though? I'm kind of leaning that way. Doll of Demise is not something you can get anywhere. That's true. That is true. But they could theoretically go head-to-head on the show. Theoretically, Because yes. it, it does exist on the show. Right. Which, if we're not basing this monster bracket in theoretical reality, what are we basing it in? That's true. Now, we haven't so far. We have not really <laughs> based this in any sort of reality <laughs> no. thus far. I know. It was sarcasm. Uh, for the sake of argument, so I'm going to read the card text on Blue Eyes, White Dragon. Uh, and then we'll sort of imagine some card text for Doll of Demise. I kind of want Blue Eyes White Dragon to lose just because of how famous it is. But that, see, that's that's kind of why I'm trying to ask this question. So the card text on Blue Eyes White Dragon says, This legendary dragon is a powerful engine of destruction. Virtually invincible, very few have faced this awesome creature and lived to tell the tale. So it knows it's the shit. Yeah. 
and it's like you said, Lauren, like this is the card mm. that's like the celebrity. Yeah, this is this and Dark Magician. Like if you know nothing about Yu-Gi-Oh, you probably still know to associate those two cards with it. This right. is the card. Doll of Demise is the dark horse here. Yeah. Doll mm-hmm. of Demise is the underdog. You wanna describe what Doll of Demise looks like for people who may have forgotten? Lauren, why don't you how describe could, it? How could they have forgotten? Um, it's like an evil potato with hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if a potato went bad, but by bad you mean evil. And it's got it's got the like the Freddy Krueger hand on one side, doesn't it? Yep. And it's got an axe on the other. And it's wearing overalls, and it's not good. It's like an evil farmer boy potato. Yeah, it has blonde With hair knives. parted in the middle. Yeah. And then, like, button eyes that yeah, are Yeah, they're too way big. too close together. And then, like, a ventriloquist dummy mouth, yeah. but it's got sharp, pointy teeth. Are its feet going the wrong way? I feel like its feet Yeah, what's its feet way? doing? I think its <laughs> ankles are broken. Ugh. Is it tripping? It's, I think it's floating. <laughs> I think it's I levitating. Think it's, I think it's levitating. It has <laughs> a sickly green glow as well. Yeah. And a swirly um, romance cover background. <laughs> Not yes, necessarily exactly the description I would use, but okay. That is that Red is the, satin uh, romance yep, novel cover. Yep. You get in the, in the discount bin at the library. Yeah. Speaking of discount bin, this whole, this thing's whole like look is like a real shitty knockoff of Chucky. Yeah, this is not yeah, even I think like that's how I've described it in the past. This is it's not like even a somebody, B movie. It's like a C horror movie. It's like somebody tried to build Chucky out of a Mr. Potato Head doll. <laughs> this is like if someone tried to make the movie Chucky with five dollars. I mean, have you seen the movie Chucky? <laughs> I have not actually. I think that's only half of their original budget. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so good at the same time. Hmm. But Blue Eyes White Dragon is iconic. Blue Eyes White Dragon is iconic. I'm going to scroll but down. Is, but is that why it should win? Is that a reason That's for what I'm it trying winning? To figure out. Scroll down and have a look at all the Blue Eyes White Dragon selfies. Just <laughs> three pages of people taking selfies with Blue Eyes White Dragon. I, okay. Wow, people are into it. People love their blue eyes. <laughs> they do. I, I, love, I love the array of what's happening here because you get if you if you cut you can kind of start at the beginning here where you've got the guy with the uh the headphones that aren't on his ears and a corona beer t-shirt by the way uh and he's holding up uh a bunch of cards one of which is dark magician i think there might be an exodia card in there there's there's a white uh blue eyes white dragon in there great he's just got everything it's just got everything very serious mm-hmm. the next one this person is holding up that's not blue eyes white dragon Oh, oh, no, it is. Like it is. It's, ba- it's backwards. Card it's backwards. Mm, yeah, 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 different card art. So they're holding it up, looking pretty pleased with themselves. Mm. Next person holding it up, looking a little bit happier. But only one card. But only one card. And the card is really tiny in the photo. Next person after that, holding up a blue eyes white dragon and is stoked yeah. as hell. Oh, oh yeah. I thought you were going to so say. happy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say stoned as hell because they also kind of look really Oh, uh, yeah, bro. Also a little bit that. blue eyes. Next person covering their mouth. However, the the eyebrows are very high up, and they are holding three blue eyes white dragons, oh, which is great. Mm, and then we don't are mess with them. And then we are back to a person who looks like Gabe Newell uh, from from Valve, 
Uh, and he's <laughs> holding up, holding up a blue eyes eye dragon very seriously, very seriously, like academically almost. Yeah. You truly see the the length and breadth of humanity in this these series of photos here. He's, and then and a vampire ever- cosplayer. There's a there's a vampire cosplayer who's holding up a blue eyes white dragon like yes I have owned this for a century I look <laughs> like I am twelve but I have I have lived many of your mortal lifetimes <laughs> man just like people of every age race and creed holding yeah. up blue eyes white dragon people love and then, blue like, eyes the, the emo kid at the end like oops you caught me <laughs> oh I Uh-oh. didn't see you there oh. I was just uh, oh. holding my blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> yeah, kind of a flirty look. Yeah, there. flirty emo kid look with the uh, with the uh, obelisk, the tormentor as well. If I'm not mistaken. Nice. Well, does that mean that you think Blue Eyes White Dragon should win because of that? <sighs> because it reaches across all of humanity and brings people together. Also, I'm worried that if Blue Eyes White Dragon doesn't proceed in this tournament, like I am going to get death threats. <laughs> that might like... be the first thing bring us like hate mail. Yeah, people are going to be banging down the door to the podcast <laughs> saying, hey, what the hell? Banging down that podcast door. You know the one. That'd be a really good podcast title, actually. What? Bang- Bang- banging down the podcast door. That would have been a good um, title for your first podcast. Oh, yeah. My podcast about podcasts. <laughs> um, looking at these two just in a straight up matchup between them, like with their yeah. stats. Uh, Doll yeah. of Demise would get obliterated. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Now, granted, you do have to do a tribute summon to summon Blue Eyes White Dragon, but I don't think we factor that into previous matchups, so I'm, no. I'm not going to really let that weigh in too heavily. So, pros and cons. Pros of Blue Eyes White Dragon fame, or is that also a con? The people's champion. Uh, that, that's that's a pro. The people's that's a champion. Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, actual card. Yeah, actual uh, card. Uh, and stats. Blue eyes. Pretty strong. Uh, white dragon. White dragon. Those are two cons right uh-huh. there. Pro- I thought we were doing pros. You said those were cons? Oh, sorry. Pros is what I meant. I think I was trying to think of, do I really want to uh, uh, make it a, a, a color stigma here of like, oh, because it's a white dragon, is that inherently better? <laughs> uh, but I, I, I couldn't formulate that argument in time. Um yeah, I, I I think there's a lot of good things about Blue Eyes White Dragon. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't giving it like an automatic pass, right? No. You know, I I'm still the villain of this show and I would still vote for Doll of Demise. I feel like you would. Doll of Demise yeah. has a negative about it, which is that it does not actually exist. It is made up for the show for <laughs> one episode. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, these are all imaginary well, creatures. Yeah. You know that, right? But it's, it's important to me that you know that. But it's imaginary <laughs> fake card. It's fake twice. Oh, it's wow. We're getting really so that meta That cancels here. it out and it exists in the real world. <laughs> oh, and it's going to and he's coming for you. <laughs> it's going to show up next time Tyler takes a shower. <laughs> going to attack your ankles. Oh, I need those. <laughs> those are my only ankles. Um, my well, mom gave me these. God. I don't think Blue Eyes should get uh, points taken off just because it is famous and well-loved. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely. I do. But I, I, That's I such like sure that we're a not Portland just like... hipster attitude to have. <laughs> oh, you're into Blue Eyes White Dragon? That's cool, I guess, for a normie. I'm into Doll of Demise. Maybe you've heard of him. 
I'm in. I'm only into cards that don't actually exist in the canon of the game. I my deck is exclusively made of cards that were made up for the TV show. <laughs> They're just like hand drawn. <laughs> my, uh, my ma'am, we can't bespoke. let you play. <laughs> this isn't regulation. Please leave. This is an Arby's. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Blue Eyes White Dragon continuing. I would like I would personally like for Blue Eyes White Dragon to continue, but I just want to make sure that we're not just like, oh, my old friend Blue Eyes. Yeah, just let him into the club. Well, I no. think you are. I think that's been this whole conversation. No, I've been trying to bring up Dolph <laughs> Demise enough. No, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know. Doll Doll's advocate. Doll's advocate. Demon Doll's advocate. All right, is is Blue Eyes continuing? Yeah. Blue Eyes also has a jet shaped like it. That is true. That's a good point. Wait, what? Yeah, in the movie. Lauren hasn't seen the movie. Yu-Gi-Oh! I haven't even seen Blue a full Eyes, episode, I don't think. Jet. So I'm fully qualified to be on this podcast. <laughs> uh so Kaiba made himself a jet that looks like a blue eyes white dragon and he flies it in the movie it's and it's so called dumb. the Blue Eyes White Jet. <laughs> He's such Well, you know a what lead. they say? What when you're name? a blue eyes white dragon, you're a blue eyes white dragon all the way. Represent. Oh, was that a Jets? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a, a West Side Story joke. Yeah, it was. The blue eyes white dragons versus the blue eyes white sharks. <laughs> well, the blue eyes white Jets. Yeah. This also yeah. looks like those toys that you had a real epiphany about a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. Those, uh, those hidden uh, monster truck with the mouth yeah happy meal toys what were those called uh attack pack attack pack (laughs) that's right amazing uh kaiba also has a jet pack apparently is it also shaped like a dragon no it's just kind of it looks like wings and he wears it he wears a white suit that would definitely set him on fire though right that would absolutely set him on fire that's not far enough away from him not good. Uh, here, I'll send. I'll send you this, Jimmy. Yeah, please show me Looks this. Kind of cool though. Kaiba jetpack. White suit, Kaiba <laughs> jetpack. <laughs> Look at this fancy boy in his jetpack, wearing a full-on white suit and white shoes. It's pretty good. With After a- Labor Day, no less. <laughs> with a jet flying above him. That's so gauche. It's a pretty good look. This must be from, uh, is this from Dark Side of Dimensions? This must be from. I don't remember this. One of the newer but... ones. The the It has the, the vibe of some of the newer, mm. the later seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, all right. Blue Eyes White Dragon, I think, must proceed in the tournament. Yeah. Congratulations, Blue Eyes White Dragon. Doll of Demise, Ooh. you will be missed. Up next on the docket, we have Cyberjar versus Amazonist Swordswoman. Oh God! One of those will face off against Blue Eyes White Dragon in the next round. Uh, uh, at, well, after that. So yeah, so there we go. Um, I'm making sure that I'm updating the chart. There we have it. All right. If you want to get in touch with us about the monster bracket, complain that we did not do it correctly, or that Doll of Demise should have continued, etc., cetera, yeah. etc. Cetera, reach of out Demise. to us. Woo! Email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. 
uh, go and take care of each other. Or don't go. Stay in yeah. your own home. <laughs> uh, but there are a, a lot of things happening right now in the world that require our attention to some degree. Uh, now is the time to donate to places. Yeah, if you have the financial capability to do so, there are probably a lot of places near you, like food banks, etc., that need your help. Yep. Tip delivery people. If you can. Uh, Sign petitions for rent freezes. Yes. Mm, that's something you can do for free. Let's make a world without landlords. Well. Yeah, lots of... I mean, they also I mean, need jobs. I'll, I'll, but... Well, yeah, sure, yes. But, uh, yeah, the world is a mess uh, at the moment, and uh, hopefully this podcast has helped you forget about that for, for a brief period of time. But please do your part to make it just that much better. Be good. Take care uh, of yourself. Yeah. Wash this, your hands. Wash your hands. Jesus Christ. Wash, wash your, your hands. hands. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, we have a new episode of Eggcentric coming out this week. Oh, yeah. We finally have a new episode of that. We missed an episode, uh, but we are back. We're going to be talking about further expressions, uh, and I'm going to suck an That's egg. a good one. Tyler goes and sucks an oh, egg. Oh, you do? Oh. <laughs> we got it all on audio. A raw folks. egg or a boiled egg? A raw. How would you egg. suck a boiled? How egg? would you suck a boiled egg, Jimmy? Just put it in your mouth and go. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> sucking. That's sucking on an egg. Slurp that egg, Tyler. Oh, that is. Oh God! You, whatever you just did was worse than what I did. <laughs> I don't know about uh, that. So anyway, so we have we have some good audio. You're just from out that. here shotgunning out. an egg. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know. You gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, so yeah, be we, apparently we got bored on our second day of <laughs> self-isolation. <laughs> so that'll be out on Sunday. Uh, that's egg-centric or sandwich.computer slash egg. Um, that's a website that exists. And that's is real. That's a website that I own. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything that you want to uh, plug or talk about? Before uh, I want to uh... give a shout out to my friend, uh, Kristen. Uh, we used to work together and now she's a streamer. She is at Karkala on Twitch. She's been playing through. How do you spell that? K A R K A L L A. Karkala. Karkala. Uh, anyway, she gave us a shout out uh, while streaming Earthbound. Oh. Because um, she's a big fan of Yu Gi Oh! And, uh, oh, nice. So we got a nice plug there. So if you want to play, see someone play some cool, chill games, go check that out. She's currently playing Yakuza Zero right now. And um, she also is. Uh, Japanese translator, so she'll occasionally stream Japanese games and then just translate them on the fly uh, in real oh, time. Oh, them. shit. She played um, uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth for the Super Nintendo in Japanese okay. a while nice. back. So that's on there. Uh, go check her out. She's a good streamer. Nice. Karkala. So she's a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh! and still a fan of this show. <laughs> and somehow listens to this show for some reason. <laughs> well, I apologize for uh, not supporting Blue Eyes White Dragon to all the real fans. There's, there's no accounting for To taste. Blue Eyes stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Uh, so next week, we'll be doing two episodes. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, the next block is a four-part episode. So so we've got Awakening of Evil, parts one through four coming up next. Holy shit. So we're going to do Even Awakening of Evil. No, no, no. We're going to do Awakening of Evil, parts one and two. Oh, okay. 
which is the first two parts of the duel between Joey and Odeon, who has taken Merrick's name because they're still pulling this weird Three Stooges switcheroo. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm actually kind of excited for it. They they have some cool monsters coming up. We have more Jinzo. Oh boy, your favorite. More Jinzo and Tonixo. <laughs> Uh, okay, so look forward to that next week, and until next time... I remember you. You were shoddy. Like a memory in my head. Got my... <laughs> <laughs>